Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lost Talk Radio. Welcome to the Motor Mouth Moses Radio Show. You have reached the man cave here in Redan, Georgia. I am your host, Kyle Motor Mouth Mosley. Uh, we're going to have a great show tonight. Got a call-in guest, a great friend of mine from back in the islands. We're going to talk some football. Uh, we're going to go over what's been going on with the Heisman. We're going to talk about uh, the very disturbing Dallas Cowboy loss tonight. Uh, we're also going to touch a little bit on, uh, uh, as I mentioned in the previous show, uh, the loss to the Rainbow family of uh, John Wilbur, who was not necessarily an active paid coach, but he had a lot of uh, influence on a lot of former uh, University of Hawaii football players. He had a great career in the NFL. He was a great man about town in Hawaii. We're going to touch on him a little bit. Uh, we just got a whole lot to talk about, but first of all, I'd like to introduce to the show uh, the pride of Dallas, David W. Carter High School in Dallas, Texas, the Cowboys, one of the great programs in Texas high school football uh, folklore, a state champion, uh, put many players into the NFL and into college ball, including current NFL player Michael Crabtree. I'd like to introduce you folks to Mr. Derek Blanch, Rainbow Brother number 87 from back in the day. Welcome to the show, Derek. Well, uh, thanks, Cal, man. You, you, you put a whole lot on me, man. That's a lot of pressure, man. That's a lot of pressure to live up to you now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, for those folks who are just tuning in, uh, Derek played wide receiver at the University of Hawaii right after I did. Uh, uh, actually, he, he played wide receiver. I was, the, I was a wide receiver who got the block. He actually had a great career. I think he had like a total of like 13 touchdowns in his career and was an all whack and I know you did I couldn't find the stats, but I know you did some return uh some kickoff returns and things like that. But he had a great illustrious University of Hawaii career. Now he's a uh entrepreneur in the islands. He's got some ventures that we we will talk about a little bit later. Um and he was a had a close personal relationship with uh, John Wilbur uh when he was uh in, in when he was playing in Hawaii and I think in fact, that John may have had something to do with uh, being an agent or helping negotiate some con- contracts when you were uh, a professional football player in your years playing. Uh, I know you played a few years in the NFL, the CFL. Um, so we're going to get into you and your career a little bit later. But, of course, it's a Sunday football. We had a lot of action going on over the weekend. Uh, a little bad news to kind of start off the evening. 
I just got word that Coach Rich Ellerson, former University of Hawaii assistant, who is now the head coach at the uh, Military Academy uh, in West Point, as most people call it, uh, he was just let go after five seasons. He was just canned after five seasons oh, no. at Army. Yeah, yeah. Um, he was just let go. And it was kind of sad because his last game that he coached was against Navy, which is Kenny Niumatololo's team, who's, who's also, uh, you know, from the University of Hawaii. So I guess Ken kind of put the last nail in his coffin. I actually don't believe that because I believe his, uh, uh, he was on his way out already. Uh, his record wasn't uh, that stellar at, at the academy, so they let him go. So that's kind of the bad news. He was 20 and 41 in five years. So it was kind of warranted, but you still hate hearing that. Hopefully he'll latch on somewhere else and continue his career. But let's go to the NFL real quick. How did I do with my picks? I stuck up the joint. Seven and seven uh, right now, uh, depending on how his last two games go, the late game on Sunday, the uh, Monday night football game, maybe I can either be 100 or be a little bit over 500. But right now I'm stinking up the joint. Uh, some quick results. We had San Diego 27, Denver 20, Washington 26, Atlanta 27. We had Chicago 38, Cleveland 31, Houston 3, Indy 25. In an upset, New England 20, Miami 24. Philadelphia goes up to my uh, Minnesota and gets beat 48 to 30. What a shocker! And of course, Seattle still steamrolling, pimping fools, 23 nothing over the hopeless Giants. San Francisco 33, uh, Tampa 14. Buffalo goes into Jacksonville, steals a victory, 27 to 20. Kansas City rolls up with 56 over Oakland today, 56 31. I think. I think Jamal Charles had like five touchdowns. I mean, the boy's a beast. He's been a beast. As long as he can stay healthy, that boy is dangerous. Uh, New York Jets 20, Carolina 30. In a heartbreaker, Dallas was up by 23 points at the halftime, 23 points at half, and got beat by Green Bay 37 to 36. On a, wow. on, a, on a debacle, up by five points with three minutes left in the game and could not run the clock out. Romo throws an interception. There was no reason for him to even be throwing the ball. Um, I'm, I'm not going to dwell on that. I'm going to move on. Uh, Arizona steals <laughs> one in Nashville, 37-34 to 34 over Tennessee. Uh, New Orleans, 16. St. Louis, 27. And right now we've got <laughs> Pittsburgh. Ooh, Pittsburgh 30 and Cincinnati 14, and I picked Cincinnati in that one. So that's the NFL for the night. Um, for the season, I'm sitting at 130-70-1 with a tie. So uh, wow. still looking good for the year, but terrible. Uh, that's a terrible weekend. Did you get brother. to watch any football today, man? <laughs> no, but, uh, you know, I'm not surprised at some of the upsets, man, like uh, – Except for that Cowboys loss. I thought they were up, you know, 23, I think a 26 to 3 or something at halftime. And then for that, you know, you know, if I'm not mistaken, they were at home too. Against a Packers team, you know, no Aaron Rodgers, right? You know, so, you know, what, what's, what's wrong with the Cowboys? You know, that's the question. They, you know, I made, think... they made Matt Flynn look like Brett Favre in his glory days. He was throwing the yeah. ball on them. They were running the ball. Um, 
DeMarco Murray was averaging seven and a half, over seven and a half yards a carry, and they wouldn't wow. give him the ball at the end of, in the second half. Wow. They wouldn't give him the ball. It was, it was probably, we had some debates going on on Facebook, of course, but in my opinion, it was the worst game-managed, clock-managed game I've ever seen. You've got the ball with three minutes to go in the game, you're running the ball up and down the field on these guys. There's no reason for you to even throw the ball. Just ram it down their throat and run out the clock. That's not yeah, you know, that's, been the, that, that's been the MO of the Cowboys in December. You know, um, you know, look good. Even Tony Romo, you look good for however many games. You know, when you get in December, you know, it's like the pressure of the of the situation. You know, possible playoffs. You know, getting control of the division again. It's just too much for him. But my thing is, like you said, I think it is about management. It's about your head coach and how you manage to get the, the December, knowing what your team typically does in December. Don't you want to do something different other than what you've done in the past that caused you to, like, have the record that you have in December? Don't you want to take the ball out of Tony Romo's hands in December at the end of the game? You got the, you got the game in control. Don't you want to do something different this year and give the ball to DeMarco Murray, like you said? Like what? What is it? You know, you can't always put the blame on the pupil. You know, on on the on the on the pond because at one time, you know, he's not the pond. You know, he he, he is the pond. You know, he's he's doing what the coach tells him to do and allows him to do. The chess player. So it got to come to a point where the chess player does something different strategically, and everybody knows that this is like I said, this is the M.O. of the Cowboys in December. And absolutely, we get to a point where. Uh, they give the fans just enough to hold on to and hope, and then they break our hearts every year, and it's going to happen again. And, uh, you know, they always touted, they've always, ever since he came into the league as a player, they touted Jason Garrett as this highly intellectual uh, Princeton grad. I have never seen a Princeton education more devalued than watching him manage <laughs> a football game. <laughs> I mean, I'll, I don't know if he had scholarships. Oh, well, uh, Princeton doesn't offer scholarships. But I don't know if he had financial aid or, or if his parents were loaded or what. But somebody should be getting some money back. This boy, the education, oh, Lord. Uh, but I, I'm not going to say that. I'm not going to go out there like that, Cal, and say that. But, you know, I, I know the Garrett family, man. They're good people, you know. But, like, you know, it just gets to a point to where, you know, like you got to – even at times, you know, they said they took the play calling out of Jason Garrett's hands, right? So maybe it's not even well, his fault right now, you know? Well, actually, actually, they took it out of his hand. They gave it to Bill Callahan. Callahan right. stuck up the joint. And now all play – so it, the play calling actually goes through Jason Garrett again. Right, right. Let's, let's but, not say this what, to Cal. Like, you know, we can, we can put blame on the offense all we want, right? But when your defense oh, no you know, doubt. Like, team is up by 23 at halftime and your offense still comes up and put up 10 more in the second half and you still can't hold on to a lead. And we saw it last week, right, when they played, you know, like against Chicago, right? Like, the, I, I believe every drive in the first half that the Chicago Bears had the ball, they went down the field and scored on every drive in the first half, right? So, like, your, your, your right. defense is leaking like water right now, right? And they always talk about the old man uh, kissing upstairs called defense. And, you know, maybe his game is a little, you know, a little outdated. Absolutely. I, I agree. And, and what happened in the first half last week happened in the second half this week. We're up by 23 at the halftime. They came out, drove the ball right down our defense's throat. Uh, Eddie Lacy busted for 60 yards. 
Uh, Jordy Nelson was making Skandrick look like like they were playing seven on seven. I mean, it was. It, 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 they made Matt Flynn. As I said, let me repeat that. They made Matt Flynn look like he was a Hall of Famer. <laughs> Four yeah, touchdown passes. Matt Flynn looked like he was done last year. He was like he was done I'm, last I'm, year. You're right. <laughs> he couldn't beat out Russell Wilson for the starting job in Seattle. He went yeah, down to Arizona and stuck up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Every dog has his day, right? They say every dog has his day, but still, right, in order for the Dallas Cowboys to become the team, there's a lot of pressure being the Dallas Cowboys. You know, you understand the expectation growing up being a Cowboys fan. Cal, you know, Roger Starbuck, Bobby Dorsey, Tom Landry, and then they got the Jimmy Johnson, Troy Aikman. You know, we talked about we talking about dynasties. You know, you know America's team. You know, so absolutely, and that's that's the number one thing you got to ask yourself, right? You know, like when you go and give the honor to someone to be the 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 quarterback for the Dallas Cowboys, right? It's a lot of pressure that comes along with it. But you, you too, your responsibility to your fans, to your organization, for who you put in that seat. You better know that they better have a pedigree, right? And they should have that first round pedigree that that um, you know, usually, you know, it, it takes, like I say, you know, Roger Staubach, you know, if I'm not mistaken, right, he was from uh, the, one of the military schools, right? So a lot of discipline, a lot of leadership instilled in that young man. Troy Aikman at one of the best universities in the country, UCLA, right? You know, like they have the pedigree. They have the, 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 the what am I saying, the, uh, the characteristics that say they should be successful quarterbacks in the NFL. Tony Romo came out of nowhere, right? And if I'm not mistaken, you know, he, he you know, he, was he drafted? If he was, it wasn't very high. And, you know, to be put in that situation, you know, I think it's not only him, but it's the person that the people that put him in that situation understanding that, you know, you, you get what you put in that situation. Right? And maybe he's just not the guy. He doesn't have the pedigree to be in that situation. Well, to quote, to quote former NFL coach Denny Green, to kind of paraphrase Denny Green, he is who he thought he was. Tony Romo is who we thought he was. There is a reason why he didn't go to a Division One big time school out of high school. He went to Eastern yeah, Illinois. Yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that. He went to Eastern Illinois. Nothing wrong with that. Some great quarterbacks have come out of smaller schools, but he is yeah. who we thought he was. There's a reason why he was not drafted in the NFL. He was a free agent, yeah. and he sat on the bench for a few years behind. Uh, it was not Testaverde, uh, Drew Bledsoe. And, yeah. I mean, but he is, I mean, he's going to get you stats. They'll be meaningless, but he won't win you rings. He is who we thought and he was. And the Dallas now, Cowboys fans aren't, aren't the Miami Dolphins fans. Where like, you know, they had uh, Dan Marino, right, who every statistically, right, he lit up everything in NFL history. But, you know, yeah, Tony right. Romo, yeah, he looks, he looks good statistically as well, right? But you know what? Dallas right. Cowboys fans aren't satisfied with statistics, all right? No. Dallas Cowboys no. fans want Lombardi Trophy. That's what they want. It, they it, want it don't mean a thing if you don't win a ring. It don't mean a thing if you don't win a ring. You know, some, some franchises, I live in different parts of the country just like you have, and, you know, fans are happy to make the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Cowboy fans, yeah. I, I mean, especially ones my age, who grew up that playoffs were a given. We were going to be in the playoffs. Yeah. It was a question of whether or not we was going to win a ring, and we've won yeah. five. 
So, I mean, we're yeah. spoiled. Absolutely we're spoiled. And our standards are high. Absolutely. But not only that game, I mean, that was some – I was kind of shocked at the San Diego game, that San Diego upset Denver and Denver. That kind of blew me you away. Miami? I'm not. Yeah, I'm not surprised at San Diego because Sheila Rivers, man, you know what, right? He, he had a bad year. You know, even the year before it wasn't so good, you know, statistically, right? Like, Sheila Rivers is one of the best quarterbacks in the, in, the, in the league since he's been in, right? And I know that because he's been my fantasy quarterback, right? And, you know, you're a fantasy <laughs> football player. Like, really, like, if you play fantasy football, what fantasy football does tell you is how productive players really are and aren't, right? That's what it does tell you, right? And Sheila Rivers yeah. is at the top of the categories every year. So, you know, the, the question for me with the Chargers, right, is that they keep putting together, like, he's got new receivers every year, whether it's injuries, trades, Steven Jackson is one prime example. Is it Steven Jackson his name? The guy that's playing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Well, uh, he's, he's a prime example, Vincent, right? He's Vincent, go-to Jackson. Guy one. Vincent Jackson. Vincent Jackson. Yeah, he was a go-to guy one year, and the next year he's in, you know, in, in Tampa Bay, you know? So, right. you know, but he, he finds a way to keep getting it done, right? And then sometimes it doesn't always result in wins, right? But it does result in statistics, right? So I'm not surprised. Phillip Rivers, right? He's he's getting it done. He's one of the quarterbacks. If you give him guys that can just catch the ball, he can get it to him. He needs some protection. They've been able to do that with him this year, you know. And they beat the Dallas Cowboys, despite what anybody's saying about the Dallas Cowboys. Now you got to know. Look at their roster. They got talent across the board on that team, right? But they just can't find a way to win. So if a team does beat the Dallas Cowboys, understand they beat a talented team. All right. The question right. is. If you, they, they probably got out coach. They probably had a. They, they probably had better coaches that allowed them to get over the hump. Like they always say, right? Preparation, right? Will always outdo any talent that you have. I mean, you're looking at it right Absolutely. now in your face every week with the Dallas Cowboys. Well, if I didn't know any better, I swear that you're calling for a change at the top with the Cowboys. But um, I, I'm just speculating <laughs> that that's what you're inferring. I'm not trying to put words in your mouth. But uh, just hey, in case, saying, folks, if you're listening, at the quarterback in... position, at the quarterback position, yes, I'm saying it. And the Dallas Cowboys fans have been saying it for like two or three years now, you know. And the question is, yeah, like, if it was any other quarterback, they've been gone already. So what is it, right? What is it that Tony Romo has on Jerry Jones where they won't let him go? You know, what is it? That's the question that that, that my friends ask on Facebook and Twitter and face to face. That's what they want to know about the Dallas Cowboys. Everybody else thinks it's an obvious thing that's the reason why you're not winning. And everybody says it's the quarterback position. So why is it obvious to fans and not obvious to ownership? Well, not only have they not let him go, but they signed him for a six for for a hundred million dollar contract extension. So yeah. I, I mean, I, 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 not you, you, your friends who ask you that question. I've got friends who ask me that question. I don't know if he caught Jerry doing something that Jerry wasn't supposed to be doing. I don't know if he, I don't know what the deal is, but there is definitely, you know, there, there, there's a lot of speculation and question of why the situation is what it is. And now they've signed him for this big contract. You almost can't get rid of him. But I also know that Jerry likes to make a splash. So I don't know with some of these quarterbacks. I was kind of shocked that he signed him for that extension uh, in the offseason because I thought that Jerry was going to kind of hold out and was kind of had his eye on that kid over at Texas A&M, Jerry Manziel, or one of these other up, young up-and-coming quarterbacks. Actually, in my opinion, I'd rather him go steal some young coach and get him in there and just 
start this thing all over because we're I'm tired of being eight and eight and fighting for nine and seven and then barely making it and not making it. I'm done with it. But you know, us Cowboys. One thing for sure, right? They're never going to have a shot at one of those top tier quarterbacks coming out of college, right? Because you fall and your your record, you're right in the middle of the pack every year, right? So you're not even you don't even have enough losses to have a shot at a top-tier quarterback, right? So you're going to be well, left with players that got question marks on them every year in the draft. Yeah. So I was thinking, yeah. like, this past year, I thought there were some good players that were available that, you know, free agency, whatever, that you could have had a shot at, right? But instead, they gave the money to Tony Romo. Like, like everybody's, like, you know, mentioning, like, why? You know, you got guys you can go take a shot at. So, you know, hey, it's football, right? Everybody gambles, right? It's, it's really it is. kind of it what is. it's And Jerry's one of the biggest gamblers in the league. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and you're right, you know, at 8-8 eight and eight or 9-7 and seven or 7-9, seven and nine, you're going to be just good enough to keep yourself out of getting usually, uh, you know, one of the upper echelon players. Now, this year the draft is kind of quarterback heavy. I mean, there's going to be some good yeah. QBs come out this year, and he might have a shot at one. But, you know, uh, folks, if you're listening in, this is Kyle Mosley, uh, a.k.a. Motormouth Mosley, talking with Rainbow Number 87, Derek Brank from uh, – uh, the, the David W. Carter High School in Dallas, Texas, UH Rainbow, X Calgary, no, excuse me, BC Lion, Toronto Argonaut. Uh, is that right? Yeah, yeah, I played with those guys for a couple of years, man. I had a good time in Canada, man. <laughs> CFL, man, hey, despite what you may have heard, CFL football is big, man. I love CFL. Oh, I don't, I don't, I, I, anybody who questions that needs to really go back and do their homework. Because uh, not only is Mark Tressman, the head coach of the Chicago Bears, out of the CFL, <clears throat> excuse me, but a lot of great players had to hone their skills uh, up in the CFL before they got a chance to come down to the NFL and play quarterback. Most famously, Warren Moon, who when he came out of the University yeah. of Washington, they claimed that he wasn't, you know, a black man couldn't play quarterback in the NFL. So he went up there, won six or seven Grey Cups. And then came down and, 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 and bum-rushed the NFL when he was playing with Houston and then uh, some of the other teams that he played with. So the quality of football up in Canada is not to be questioned. There's some talent up there, no doubt about it. Folks, uh, yeah. as I said, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. I want to check on my, my stats real quick. My power rankings coming up for this week based on uh, this weekend's results. My number five team, I've got at 10-4, and four, the New England Patriots. They were number three. They dropped down a little bit for getting spanked around today. Uh, at number four, I've got the San Francisco 49ers. At number three, my number three team is the Kansas City Chiefs at 11-3. and three. And Ooh. at number two, I've got the Denver Broncos at 11-3. and three. Ooh. Ooh. So at number one, after this weekend's game, a team that I think is very, very dangerous, they play some very physical football, and you do not want to have to play a playoff game at their home stadium and deal with the oh. damn 12th st- man, and that's the Seattle Seahawks. They are the number one wow. team uh, in my power rankings. I like your power rankings, man. I like those. <laughs> <laughs> I like those power rankings. Hey, I had so many people so surprised about the Kansas City Chiefs, man. I'm going to tell you. It's, it's all about, we talk about management, right? Managing your team. How many years have we seen Jamal Charles run up and down the field on people, right? You know, how many times have we right. seen Dwayne Bowe make great catches, right, against people, right? And with lackluster right. quarterbacks, you know what I'm saying? Now they got a quarterback that's been there, understands game management, right, 
they're running the same West Coast offense. You know that's Andy Reid's offense, right? So all he all right. he did was basically got 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 this quarterback comfortable, right? Say, hey, look at this talent that you have around you, young man. Get the ball out of your hands, right? Don't get sacked. Don't throw interception, right? And we can do some things. They already had a good defense. That defense has got Pro Bowlers every year, all right? So they right. they they got they, and so you got Andy Reid who's come in, all right, and and settled this team down. He gave them leadership, but he gave them something they can believe in, and he's got a quarterback that can execute his system. And, man, look at him. Like, I'm not surprised about the Kansas City Chiefs, and it's all about Andy Reid. You know, his guy's been through a lot of things the last couple of years with the loss of his son, you know, with you know, having to leave the Philadelphia Eagles, you know. And, man, he's, uh, he's showing what kind of guy he is and also what kind of coach he is. And, you know, they, they are forced. Arrowhead Stadium is no joke. Nobody wants to go play in Arrowhead Stadium in December and January. You talk about Seattle and that 12th man. You know, well, nobody should be surprised at what they're doing because look at what they did last year, you know. But right. to me, the, the surprise and the thing you don't want to deal with this year is the Kansas City Chiefs, man. It, it's, a, it's, it's crazy, and you got you to gotta take your hats off to that organization and Andy Reid. Uh, absolutely. Uh, uh, at the beginning of the football season, uh, that, to me, uh, uh, that was an easy call, as my pastor says sometimes. Uh, that was uh, Ray Charles could see that one, and Stevie don't have to wonder. Uh, that... <laughs> right, right. I like that. That was I an easy call. I got to use that one. <laughs> Kansas City had six Pro Bowlers on their team from last year. Six Pro Bowlers. They were two and fourteen. All they needed was a decent quarterback, which they got in Alex Smith who was the odd man out in San Francisco, and then they get Andy mm-hmm. Reid to be the icing on the cake and pull it all together. Yeah, Andy Reid looks like the Kool-Aid man on the sideline wearing all the red, but they win in ball games. They're playing good football. They may not win the Super Bowl, but they are not the old Kansas City Chiefs. They are playing some serious football. Now, the reason why I actually had you on the show, we've got about four minutes of on-the-air time, and I do want to get this on the air um, the reason why I, I really wanted to have you on was to talk about John Wilbur a little bit. We've got about four minutes, and um, I'd like to just get a little insight. John Wilbur was there at the University of Hawaii when I got there as a freshman in 1981, and he was you know, kind of on the periphery, and he helped with some special teams, and you know, he was kind of you know, that old-school player. His knees were all beat up. He was you know, that prototypical old 1970s football player. As a Cowboys fan, I knew the name because he used to play for the Washington Redskins after doing my homework. I also found out that he used to play on the Dallas Cowboys. Right. I didn't know that. Right. But, uh, he, yeah. you know, he's been a good, he had a good NFL career, bounced around a little bit, finished up playing for the Hawaiians in the World Football League in Hawaii, and I guess he just stayed there from, like, 1975 and stayed on. Um you would see him after I graduated. You would see him around town doing his thing because nobody uh, was more fun-loving than John Wilbur. But uh, real quickly, uh, give us a little insight as to your relationship with with John and uh, and and how it's a loss to the to the Rainbow family. Um, man, John Wilbur, man, was uh, was very meaningful in my life, man. After. Uh, after college, I initially signed um, to, you know, with another agent out of Philadelphia, all right? And, you know, 
you know, we knew I was going to get drafted, right? But I just felt like, you know, like I wasn't getting the attention I needed. You know, I knew that what kind of player I was. I needed to get more tryouts, man. I just didn't feel like this guy was getting done for me. Rich Miano introduced me to John Wilbur. And right off the bat, I hit it off with this guy, man. You know, uh, you know like you said, old school player, you know. And, you know, I'm from Dallas, you know. And, you know, that's what kind of football I played at called the high school. You know, and that's kind of like the, high, the kind of football we played at the University of Hawaii. We played hard noise, running the ball, football first. You know, that's what we did. So, um, you know, John Wilbur, you know, he knew me from the University of Hawaii. And, he, you know, once he got to know me, you know, one day he told me that he believed in me, right? He, you know, he, he, you know and I hired him as my agent, all right? And after that, man, you know, he was like a father, man, you know. You, you know, always let you understand the reason why you've been chosen, you know, to be, you know, like I ended up getting drafted by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and. You know, every day he's the kind of guy, you know, let you know that you don't get, you're not satisfied with where you are in life. You know, you always want to accomplish better things, you know. And like I said, he was, he was like a father to me. He he motivated me and pushed me in ways that I didn't think I could be pushed, you know. And, you know, you know, but there's a lot to know about John Wilbur. Played for the Dallas Cowboys. He was part of that whole, like, the movie North Dallas 40. John Matusak played the part of John Wilbur. He was instrumental right. in the desegregation of Dallas when the player, the black players, could not live on one side of the island. John Wilbur was one of those boisterous guys that, that stood up for the desegregation of, of Dallas. And, you know, right. a lot of people don't know, but after he played, you know, John Wilbur, uh, uh, you know, was the treasurer of the Players Association for some years. So, um you know, he was very influential in the NFL even after the game. He ended up back in Hawaii, like I said, he played for the Hawaiians in the World League, but he was he played a heavy role in establishing rugby here in Hawaii with the Harlequins. Um, right. You know, you know, and I got to you know, I got to go to a memorial service with all the guys from the Harlequins last night, man, and you know, such great stories were shared about John Wilbur, man, you know. He had some tears were shared, a lot of beverages were shared, some food was shared. But, um, you know, it made you realize that, you know, John Wilbur wasn't, you know, he was the kind of guy that led a lot of people close to him. And he has this brass um, persona about him, and he did that purposely because of the privacy that professional athletes want in their life, you know. And at the same time, knowing that how influential, you know how many people always came to John Wilbur and said, hey, I want to get a shot at the NFL. And, hey, if John Wilbur didn't believe you or didn't know you, he didn't touch you. That's just kind of guy he was, Right. He'd be honest with you, and it, it felt brass at some time. It was a lot of people wrong, but the people that know John Wilbur and really got to know him knew that, like, inside that man was a heart of gold. And if he loved you, man, and accepts you like part of his family, you know, you were in a special place. He was going to make sure you were taken care of, man. So, you know, people like John Finney that he introduced me to, man, that helped me get signed by the Broncos later in my career and, you know, all the good people, like I said, I got there from the Harlequins that showed their love. Like, from young to old, they knew John Wilbur for what he had done for just rugby. They don't even know what he did in the NFL. They didn't even care. All they cared about what he did for rugby in Hawaii, man. And, you know, got to see his son, who was like a brother to me, and his daughter Dion and Lindsay, man, who were like sisters to me. You know, it was a great experience, man, you know, and they know that a lot of people love him and, you know, Despite him being gone, his legacy is going to live for a long time. And not just here in Hawaii, 
went throughout the world because he had that kind of reach and with what he did for people all over the world. Yeah, he was definitely one of those guys who, had, you know, to use the cliche, he was bigger than life. John, John. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I ran into him in, in restaurants and uh, nightclubs, and you know, John always had a crowd around him. He was he was definitely well loved and well liked. We're actually now the the on air portion of the show has already concluded. But the point now, we have a few minutes, and we're still going to talk a little bit, and it's available on the podcast, and all of our podcasts are available uh, to go back and listen to on the archives uh, on Blog Talk Radio, but they're also available on iTunes for download and listening. Uh, So we'll just continue talking until we actually run out of time, and uh, they give us, I believe, about five or ten extra minutes just to kind of, you know, discuss some other things. So I do want to talk about that AFL China program that you're working with. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about what, what that is about? Is, is it arena league or is it American football or, or, or what are we talking about? Well, you know, arena football is American football. You know, it's just uh, no, I didn't know twist the A in it. I didn't know if it was A or if it was arena. I didn't know if A stood for. Yeah, I didn't know if A stood for. Of course, it's, it's arena football, but, you know, you know, like I said, we like to, you know, still, you know, present arena football as American football because it is created in Hawaii. I mean, I'm sorry, in, in the U.S., you know. So, uh, right. you know, and, and it's, uh, you know, yeah, the, the, what's happening is uh, the arena football league is expanding to China. And uh, under different leadership, though, as what is being run here in the U.S. with the actual AFL, you know, AFL China is under the ownership of uh, and leadership of, a guy by the name of Marty Judge, who is like, you know, one of the most successful businessmen you'll probably ever meet in your life. And uh, Ron Jaworski, who everybody knows from, uh, I'm sorry, the Philadelphia Eagles and, um, and uh, ESPN. So, um, I'm sorry, excuse me. Um, so, um, you know, I played a few years in, uh, in the AFL and, um, Let me give you a chance to get you a little quick drink of water and uh, clear your throat a minute. Uh, folks, you're listening to the Motormouth Mosley radio show. Uh, this is, uh, I'm your man, Motormouth Mosley. We're on the archive, the uh, podcast portion, the little after show, you know, the after party of the after party. Uh, this is uh, me talking with my man, uh, Derek Branch. Uh, we're talking about some American uh, uh, arena football league that is starting up in China. Um, we've talked about, you know, a whole lot of good stuff. I did want to touch on real quick and want to give a congratulations to famous Jameis Winston for winning the Heisman, uh, the only teenager to ever win the Heisman. He doesn't turn 20 until, I believe, the night of the BTS championship game. Uh, young man is just a special talent, a redshirt freshman. Um, absolutely a great season this year. I want to congratulate him, A.J. McCarron, was the runner-up, but it was it was pretty much a landslide. The only thing about the Heisman voting that I saw that was somewhat interesting was that 115 voters left Jameis Winston completely off their ballot, which I just can't I can't fathom that. But uh, I knew people would have their reasons, and they would probably uh, <coughs> excuse me either lean on the uh, sexual assault case that had been pending that he was cleared of, or they were going to hold the fact that he was a freshman against him, and that was uh, residual 
uh, hatred for what happened with uh, Johnny Manziel being a freshman last year. So I don't know what these 115 guys thought, but for some reason they left him completely off their ballot. Looks like I've lost Derek for the show. Um, uh, yep, looks like he's lost for the show. Uh, maybe he'll call back in. But if not, I want to thank you for listening to the Motormouth Mosley Radio Show. Uh, this has been your host, Motormouth Mosley. We had Derek Branch uh, from Hawaii online talking about arena football, uh, arena football, China, and, uh, of course, a tribute to uh, Coach John Wilbur uh, for all of his years of dedication to uh, current and former University of Hawaii football players. Uh, thank you again for listening in. It's been a great show. Have a nice evening and enjoy the rest of your week. Aloha. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe and Summit 4xe models in dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.